welcome to Art Lovers Forum. Today, we are going to talk about the popularity of erotic art. My girlfriend, Gladys Garot, has been working in this area for art for quite a while. She is a curator and art historian originally from Havana, Cuba, currently based in Miami. From 2014 to 2022, she worked as a professor at Havana University, where she taught courses on art appreciation, contemporary art market, and art history. Holding a master's degree in art history with a focus on contemporary art market, Gladys delves into topics such as feminism, cultural memory, the rewriting of history, eroticism, and sexuality, exploring their interconnections with technology, culture, history, and politics. During 2020 to 2022, Gladys led the NFT art movement in Havana, helping to onboard more than 100 artists contributing to creating a new economic model for the arts in the country. She is the co-founder of Clit Splash, an all-female curatorial collective aimed at balancing gender representation in the crypto art realm while bringing sound curatorship and intellectual thinking to it. With a focus on inclusive representation, Gladys has integrated her expertise in erotic art into Clit Splash endeavors. She is the co-creator and co-founder of Erotica Biennale, a decentralized erotic experience that integrates visual arts, cultural practices. The first ed edition takes place in Miami this month, the month of February, in partnership with the Museum of Sex and the World Erotic Art Museum. Get ready for the most sexy month Miami has ever experienced. Welcome, Gladys. Thank you for being with us today. This is going to be a real fun session for everyone who loves Art Lovers Forum. So tell us, right from the very beginning, Gladys, what is erotic art? Hi, Louis. Thank you so much for having me in your podcast. I love the subject. So I'm really happy to be able to have this opportunity. And erotic art is any type of art, visual representation that explores themes on sensuality, desire, human sexuality, libido in any sense. And this can include any media, paintings, sculpture, drawing, photography, video, any, any medium that explores this specific subject. Okay. And uh, how long has it been around? Erotic art has been around since the beginning of artistic representation, Go, going back to prehistorical times. The cavemen, they were representing what happens in their reality, in their everyday life. And of course, sexuality is part of humanity. It's one of the probably center of what defines us as, as human is the way that we live our sexuality. And this has been represented since, since that time going through Greek or Roman times as well. And we can see it in different regions, pre-Columbian times, 
where in most of the cases, this representation has more an archaeological value than an artistic value. Why is that? Because they didn't have an artistic function itself. The function was more related to rituals, and it was quite involved with religion or any other form of, of a spirituality that they used to have. For example, it's quite interesting when we look at this as cultures from the Hania Island or like pre-Columbian Peru. There's an, an erotic museum just for these figurines. And they were both representing daily life, but they were also representing fertility gods and goddesses with enormous phallos or protuberant vulvas. And these were not intended to be erotic, but there were these were representing erotic art, uh, arts. So in that sense, this is something that has been on since the beginning of the humanity. And we can find it in different moments, times, places, and different cultures. So this is a constant. And we will be able to understand our history, artistic periods, and movement through eroticism, because this is something that is transversal to the history of art. So what's interesting is that, you know, what you say makes total common sense. And when we go into museums, we see uh, nudes all the time, but we never quite labeled it, in my world anyway, erotic art. It was just the way life was then. So why did it, why was there a category named erotic art? Obviously, there are a lot of people out there that want to have, you know, paintings and photographs and statues in, you know, with naked people. So is that the way it came about? I think that not all nudity is erotic per se. So there is a difference between a nude painting and an erotic painting. And not every erotic painting has to depict nude figures. Even there there are erotic paintings that maybe are landscapes or flowers. Think on Georgia O'Keeffe paintings that have an erotic component, but it's moved on on the reading uh, of it. And I think that from an academic point of view, there's always been an interest in categorizing and grouping different type of arts or periods. But there's definitely a content and we can now read certain uh, artists or group of arts that definitely are have these common elements of depicting sensuality or libido. Might be even from an unconscious point of view, but it's been there for a long time, and I I have the feeling that it's more commonly known within the academic realm of our history and contemporary art, but from an academic point of view, than probably the gallery system and the collector system. So I think that this micro world haven't. I connect until really recently, I will say. Well, as you as you were speaking and explaining it all to me, I realized how naive and unsophisticated I am because everything <laughs> you said, I basically know, but in my everyday world, I just quite didn't put all the dots together. So I'm sure there's a few people out there like me, and I'm very happy that you explained it that way. 
because, uh, of course, it's not just people. You know, it could be objects and everything that has an erotic, you know, theme to it. Um, where is most of the erotic art being sold? So I wouldn't say that there is a specific marketplace for this, but I have been noticing lately how different artists and art dealers are kind of leading into this. For example, this next edition of Sonamaco that have this section for more, like for new galleries and more experimental galleries is, is now curating this group of galleries under the title of pleasure and politics. And of course, pleasure not only entails eroticism or sexuality or sex, is a broad expansion, but I know for a fact that there's going to be a broad selection of, of galleries presenting artists that kind of deal with this subject. And for me, it's interesting that they are connecting it with politics because nowadays one of the most politic subjects that it is is sex because we are in a moment which is quite delicate. I remember being, being mo moving to Miami in June last year and organizing, in my, May last year and organizing a project that was about eroticism during Pride. And there was a political discussion about our curatorial program because all of the laws that were happening in Florida at the time. So for me, it's interesting what, what Sonamaco is doing with this relation uh, between pleasure, sexuality, and politics. There is this artist that I recently discovered. She presents, she, she represents women making love to each other in very bucolic landscapes. And she was presented at Fris as one, one specific selection that was with erotic artists and queer artists. So this is something that is happening in our first, that our cultural encounters, but their main goal is, is commercial. So even though I can't point at the moment in a specific venue that is focusing on erotic art, as what is happening with contemporary art is so diverse, you can find erotic artists everywhere and in any of these venues and platforms. So um, could we assume that uh, artists, traditional artists, that's the only word I could think of, that doesn't usually do uh, erotic art, may be getting into it or introducing it into their art. And some of the people that only paint erotic art may go a little bit more uh, mainstream because if it's going to blend, then it becomes popular, then it's going to be more attractive for them to do in order to attract an audience. Did I make myself clear yeah. in that question? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I, I one, Something that I have found during the years that I've been working on the subject is that many artists have already delved into this, but due to censorship or because they don't have the right platform, they don't show it. So maybe what is going to be happening now, rather than artists starting to create for, uh, to fulfill a specific need of the market, they're going to have a platform to show what they have are already doing. You can name any artist, like famous artist or traditional artist from their art history, recent or past, and I'm, I'm sure that we can find an erotic art piece 
from them. Um, even like Raymasters, even if they don't didn't do a large canvas piece, they had this in like in the drawing notebooks. They were creating erotic pieces because at the end of the day, for artists, creation is a mean of expression, and sexuality is part of everyone's life in in different levels, but it's there. So I do believe that now there are more platforms and there are more opportunities for artists to to exhibit this type of work. And there are artists that are exclusively creating erotic art. So we have all of those avenues now. So um, I guess this is such a silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is erotic art... Yeah, well, no, that's you're too kind. But is is um, erotic art considered real art? Like, if I have traditional art in my condo, and then I put out put up on one wall an erotic piece of art, are people going to think like, oh, there's Lois and Elliot, they're crazy, they're doing that for attention? But <laughs> but but it should be considered part of my art collection as serious art. What do you, of what course. Do you say about I, that? I'm actually I'm I'm sure that if we browse through your collection, we're gonna find more than one piece that came fall into this category. I'm 100% sure. Um, but definitely, erotic art is is real art in the sense that art can be about anything. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and art doesn't have any restrictions in the sense of subjects or in the sense of materials or mediums. There are also different, there's a spectrum of erotic art, of, of what eroticism is and how it can be depicted. So in that sense, of course, it's legitimate. And in my case, that I have dedicated so much time to it is probably one of my favorite expressions of art. And because for me, it's not only talking about the specificity of the sexual act, but it's also talking about the way that we comprehend the world that surrounds us. Because I, I approach erotism from a psychoanalysis point of view. I like to read a lot about how our unconscious is related with the way that we perform as sexual beings. So in that sense, I think that there, is, there are so many layers to to the erotic art movement or, or the erotic art in general that I will never discard it as not as art or as not being art. Well, at some point, maybe you could, you know, suggest five books or three books or two books that people could read that you read that would make a lot of sense here, and we could add that on if you, you know, care to do that. So that's that was very interesting to learn. So. Um, do people buy erotic art uh, for the content or for the investment? I think that it variates um, d- depending on the collector. One of the largest erotic art collectors that I know of is Naomi Wilson. That her collection is now Naomi Wilson. The, her collection is now uh, is what it is now the museum, the World Erotic Art Museum in. South Miami Beach, and right. she she used to collect from objects to fine art, 
and from different periods of time, different cultures. She has Chinese, she has pre-Columbian, she has great masters, she has contemporary artists, and then you have this spectrum of different rooms, and it's like you're going through different periods of art history, but you are watching like the representation of the, the most diverse sexual acts or insinuating sexual acts. So I think that for her was more an obsession of hoarding this type of imagery and representation. And of course, there are others that do collect artists that have a market value. And this market value is is not is not demerited by the subject matter. So I think that this is a question that is not exclusively for erotic art, but it's also quite peculiar to find a collector that is only collecting in a specific subject matter. And so I think that it varies. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Who are the major uh dealers in uh, erotic art or is there no no such thing there might be i am not aware of of a specific one but i do i'm i'm seeing more and more different galleries that are representing artists that have this as one of their main subjects within their their body of work like Josie Milo for example he represents several queer artists they're they're are talking a lot about their sexuality and their friends. And I'm seeing, for example, Spinello, they also have some artists that dealt with the idea of eroticism within their work. I don't know exclusively a gallery that only represents um, erotic artists. My personal project is not a gallery per se, it's more like a curatorial collective that is focused on this uh, subject matter. Uh, in different mediums and different, um, I will say, the traditional art world and the digital art world. But I don't know a measure. I'm, there must be. I just there must not be. Aware because of if, we have yeah, a there museum, must if we have a museum within blocks of us here, yeah. that's there devoted are to it. Now, the Museum of Sex is also opening in Miami. The right. one in New York is opening in Alapada, probably in March. They did a soft opening during Bathurst, but they're opening now in March. So it's, it's, it's growing. And we have also uh, it's the Kinsey Institute that has been recently defunded by the government, but it's the, the oldest institution in the research of uh, sexuality related to the arts. Right. So there must be an art they're exclusively focused on. Right. So, so is that in that the category who are do you know any major collectors and and the demographics of who these people who are who are the people who love erotic art i think that for example artists artists are are, are really great collectors of erotic art yes yes Kuhn, for example is one of, of of those i was there was a time in my career that i was 100 percent invested in the nft art space and I, I get to, I met a, several collectors that were exclusively collecting erotic art. And I think that there is a, it's much more easy to be a digital art collector that collects erotic art than being a physical 
erotic art collector because you don't have to display it at your home. And the the demographic in this case were was mostly male. Although the artists that I met that collect uh, erotic art are there are many female artists that that do. But this is for the brave in many cases. And I know also curators, mostly people from the art world, are I think they're interested in this and don't don't have the the barrier of of the of the censorship incorporated into in, in them. Mm-hmm. And then we have the super rich like um Naomi that has one of the greatest collection of of erotic art. And she she passed in the, in 2015, but she was collecting for over 40 years. Right. Hmm. Do you know who runs her museum now? Um. Uh, her her son is in charge, but Helmut is a German gallerist. Is the one I will I will tell you his last name in a second. That's okay. Um, Helmut. I I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. It's a German. So spell it out. It's a German last name. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, but he he runs it, and they have an, a strong educational program, and, and that is also yeah. part of the museum. I will I will uh, put it in the uh, copy that accompanies this podcast. That's great. So my next question was going to be, how raunchy does erotic art get? But before you answer that, as you're speaking, I realize that my collection. And one of the first pieces that we bought in recent years, because we've been collecting art very slowly over the years, then it went rapid, then it slowed down. And then, like a number of years ago, um, there is a gal, her name is Winnie Minerva. I don't know if you know her, but she is a artist from Lima, Peru. And all of her art, 100%, is basically the same thing. It's females in um, erotic positions with each other or sensual positions with each other. And it's kind of, um, uh, it's not, it's very obvious when you look at it, but you could go right past it in a gallery and not realize what's going on in, mm-hmm. you know, in the paintings. And she is very famous. She's a young girl. She's been doing extremely well. In fact, the um, new museum in Manhattan had a lobby all devoted. She had a mural of her art that, you know, went from uh, east to west. And it was like, I don't know, 100 feet long. I, I don't know. I don't know measurements that well. So, I mean, it was just magnificent. And uh, she's, and now she's has a museum, I think either it's either in Amsterdam or London. I mean, she's just, I mean, it, the art is so beautiful. Her strokes and, and the waves of her art is so mesmerizing that you may know what's going on or you don't know. If my husband was here, he would say, Lois, you're crazy. Everybody knows what's going on. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, when I first saw it, I just like, you know, got into the mood of her artistic, you know, her creativity. So, yes, so I own probably one of the most sensual pieces of art, you know, in the world because we bought her early. We probably can't even afford her now. So anyway, um, 
you know, so that question is kind of ridiculous. You know, raunchy. If it's raunchy, you don't like it. You buy. You know, you don't buy it. If it's kind of suggestive, and it's and it's just beautiful art, you buy it. So, uh, you know, I'm gonna just erase that question and uh, find out uh, other things from you. Oh yeah, you know what? I should have asked from the very beginning. How did you get involved with erotic art? Okay, so I think that it comes from a personal preference. Um, I, I, I received an amazing sexual education since I was really young through my mom. And I was really open and I never felt shame around sexuality. So this, now, then when I, when I started studying our history, but mostly when I became a professor at Havana University, I used to teach this course of art appreciation and I had if guidelines that I needed to teach to the students that were mostly tools on how to read and how to intervene the work of art. But I could use any work of art that I will that I wanted and every year I will I, I change it just to not get bored myself because I was doing this for eight years in a row. And these were the the students were on 18, 19, 20, but I felt when we were talking that they were really prejudiced and they didn't know how to name the body parts. So my first exercise to them was, you need to describe what you're seeing. That's super simple, what you're seeing in this image. And that motivated me to start to incorporate in erotic art from different periods. And that was my first approach to to understanding art history through eroticism, because this wasn't taught in my curriculum when I was a student. And from that, I started to incorporate in this to my curatorial work. And in 2021, I co-founded a curatorial collective named Clit Splash, and we were focused on supporting and elevating digital artists, like female queer digital artists. And we noticed that in the digital realm, there there were a lot of artists that were doing erotic art, but it was quite different because it's usually more seen in museums or in galleries or through our art history, erotic art made by male for the male gaze. Of course, the female was the center of attention and it was perfectly what a male wants it to be. And we were working with different type of artists that were representing different areas of human sexuality. And this was really appealing to me and this has grown a lot, and now we are doing cultural curation that goes beyond art itself. And what it has been more important for me is the educational component, because even if I'm not currently working as a professor, I have that in me that I also inherited from my mom, the desire of, of spread knowledge. And I feel like I, as more we know about what others like, and as more we know how to name different practices related with identity, we're going to create a sense of empathy towards others. There's so much hatred now. And I think that understanding that is so important. And last year, uh, I co-curated a show, Erotica, to Pride Festival during Pride Month. And it was hosted in a, in a advertisement agency. And there was a lot of stray white male 
and I did a walk through the show with all of them. And most of the artists that we were represented were doing queer homosexual art. And and one of these guys that I was doing the walk through the show felt confident enough to ask me what queer is. So it was an educational moment through art that I value a lot. So and now it's it's a, it's a, it's a personal passion. If I was able to collect art, I will be collecting a lot. I did collect erotic NFTs when I could afford it, and this is something that is a passion. And I've been fortunate enough to to curate several projects around the subject. So I'm going to ask you a question that is again silly, but a, that probably a lot of the listeners are thinking. You're absolutely beautiful. Your husband is very, very handsome. When you go out, like when I met you, I didn't think too much about it, but because I'm so preoccupied with everything. However, when you <laughs> go around to parties and and you know you're telling people, you know you're involved with erotic art. Has there ever been like a very exaggerated response from someone, or does somebody think that you're in the porno business, or does somebody <laughs> think that oh my god, you know what tricks does she know that I don't know? <laughs> what is it? What is? I am sure if they haven't said it to you, it's a natural reaction. What is? What has been the response? My parents get get concerned about it, mostly. I don't think other people. But I have a fun story. I, I did my first edition of Erotica, and when I was more involved in the NFT movement, and after that, a few months after, I, I was working in the project for the Vatican. And they do a background check. So if for the Pope, it wasn't bad. Uh, I don't. I don't think that I haven't get, uh, gotten so far any backlash. Okay. Not in the professional field, or I. I. I honestly, I think that I. I have common sense to like to the extent that I know to whom should I talk about this. And um, yeah, I'm. 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 I'm really curious, mostly more than a performer of an artist. I'm really into the research part of it. And so far, I haven't had any issues. I, I'm able to to apply for jobs and to get those jobs that are not related with eroticism. And well, so far, there's not, not, not been any issues, but you know, always cautious. Gladys, if I was a young girl and I went to a dinner party, and uh, there was name tags, and my husband, Elliot, was placed next to you. And I said to the hostess, who is that woman that's going to be sitting next to Elliot? And she's going to tell me, oh, you know, that's Gladys. You know, she's involved with erotic art. I would be very worried. So I know oh that you God. gave me, <laughs> I know that you <laughs> gave me, I know that you gave me your answer. But knowing you, I know that you're, that you are extremely serious about your work and you're very professional. But if somebody just meets you, I don't believe for one minute that they're not either getting aroused or <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> getting very sus suspicious or they want to know more. Like, oh, my God, what does she know about life that I don't know? 
that's how I'm going to end it. Um, we don't need to comment any further. So I just <laughs> want wonderful. to, uh, you're living in Miami. If you go to New York, you know, expect people to be very inquisitive. So um, do you think that uh, I'm going to ask two more serious questions so we don't end on that note? <laughs> what are the, are the prices of erotic art, you know, compared to traditional, are they any different, you know, or? Oh, that's you know a, a question that really answers itself. Art is art. I, I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually recently I was working a few months ago. I was working for an art dealer, and he is quite focused on Andy Warhol. And through him, I discovered Andy Warhol's serious sex parts. I felt shame because I should have known about this. And he, I I discovered it because. I was looking into a PDF of another dealer that was trying to sell him some prints, and I was I was surprised because these are quite graphic sexual images of men having intercourse with each other. And he said that he really liked this, but he's not he was not going to be able to show it at the gallery. And I was looking in art side. And yes, these are less valuable than other more iconic Warhol pieces. And these are in between $22,000 and $10,000. I think that it depends. You just told me about the artist that you collected when she was like starting and now mm -hmm. she's all over the place and her images are not, not graphic at uh, sex parts by Andy Warhol. But they do depict women and vulvas and fluids and sexual acts. And she is in the major museums and she's on, uh, she's doing murals and painting the walls. So I think that it will depend on the artist market rather than in the specific of the subject. Although for a specific artist that has different lines of work, this might be the the less valuable. Right. Well. That's a great answer. And uh, even though some of my questions seem totally naive or borderline pedestrian, I'm glad I asked them because it clears up for so many people. Um, can, you have a, 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 a exhibition or something coming up, don't you? Yes, the Erotica Biennale that I'm co-curating next to a wonderful curator, Sam Green, she's from Venezuela, but has been living in Miami like for six years now, she was before that in New York, and we together are creating this event that is a city-wide experience. Our main home is the Wilsig World Erotic Art Museum, uh, but we have invited artists that explore er eroticism in their practices to open their studio. There's, there are gonna be a couple of art exhibitions opening as well and other cultural experiences like a conscious coverage, um, a swinger club that is going to open through the Viennale, a regular club, and we are curating all of these experiences that, that, that go from really soft to romantic approaches to a bit more hardcore or raunchy, as you call, uh, and it's going to happen throughout February. And we're calling this centralized as everyone involved is in charge on their own project and and this will where exactly will it be all over miami so we have an educational program at the wilsig museum okay and but then are we you're going to put out you're going to put out a, 
or have you put out promotional material on this already? We do, yeah, we did. I can share this with you. Oh, yeah, share it with me because I want to promote it with this um, podcast. That would Definitely. be important. Yes, I'm sure a lot of the people will love to go to see, you know, uh, much of what you're talking about. Uh, how many galleries do you think will be involved? There's going to be uh, two ga- one gallery is, ha- is hosting a show, Pan American Art Project. There's also the Nader Museum is hosting Botero Sutra. Is an exhibition of the late artist Botero, but specifically his erotic artwork that he has always done throughout his career. But I was told by this lady that works with Gary Nader that the latest work that he was doing before passing were all erotic art. So we're it's, that one is going to be opening to open to the the WIM, the World Erotic Art Museum. The full collection is going to be accessible throughout the, the month, as well as the as the photo exhibition that they are they are having now. We have four artists that are opening their studios as well. So that's kind All right, of. So please, and we have yes. yes. Please send me the information so we can oh, highlight well. it here when we do our distribution of the podcast. That's wonderful. Oh well. So thank you. This has been just fabulous. Uh, we've I love been it. Speaking for a long time, I think that this is going to get uh, a great response, and uh, everyone is going to come meet you sooner or later to learn more. So thank you very, very much for. Well, thank you uh, for giving me the space. Oh and well, it was this wonderful. Was very enjoyable. None of your, your, your questions were naive. I think they're all very well, important. And uh, as I was questioning you, I, I felt like, oh, my God, common sense tells you the answer to what I'm asking. But I'm glad I did it anyway, because that's who mm-hmm. I am. I'm a little crazy. Thank you. Thank you, Gladys. And um, I'll, we'll be speaking to you again. I want you back on this uh, on this podcast series. Stay tuned. Thank you, thank you so much. Bye.